Welcome back to Refocus with Lindsay Gensel. What you're listening to today, it's a little bit different than the podcast episodes we've shared with you before. This episode, this person's story, is a part of Refocus Together, a special series the team at ADHD Online and I have been working on for ADHD Awareness Month. Every day throughout the month of October, we'll be sharing a different person's ADHD story, which is fitting because the theme for ADHD Awareness Month this year is understanding a shared experience. And I can't think of a better way to really get a sense of that shared experience than by telling a different story every single day. And to be clear, yes, that's 31 stories in 31 days. My name is Lindsay Gensel, and along with the team at ADHD Online, I'm so excited to present Refocus Together, a collection of stories aimed at raising awareness on just how complex ADHD is and the different ways it shows up in people's lives. When we share stories, it's easier to find the perspective, ideas, and tips that help us live our best lives. I'm interviewing people with varying backgrounds, diagnoses, experiences, and perspectives. We'll hear from working parents, advocates, engineers, writers, PhD candidates, and more to learn that while we may be different, we are all united by our own ADHD journeys. This special project is very near and dear to my heart, and although talking to 31 different people has been a lot of talking, I am so grateful for each person who shared their story with me, and I cannot wait for you to meet my guests and get to know them. Be sure to subscribe to Refocus with Lindsay Gensel so that you don't miss a single story this month. And with that, let's get on to today's episode. There's a very The Stars Aligned story that explains how I met today's guest. Back in June, just a month after we launched Refocused, I went out to Grand Rapids to meet the team at ADHD Online in person for the first time. We had a long list of things we needed to do, including our first day-long studio shoot together. So here I am, an extrovert who has a lot of introvert moments and who gets real awkward around new people walking into the studios at like eight in the morning, and I know no one. Now, keep in mind, I know these people from the internet, meaning virtual meetings, and there's a part of me that is very nervous that no one is going to like me in person. The first item on my to-do list is hopping into hair and makeup, and that's when I met Candace Lefke and Cameron Sterling. And if you've ever had your hair and makeup done by strangers, you know it's a fine balance of being upfront about what you want and giving them the freedom to do what they're good at, making you look and feel your best. And it was very clear very early during my time in their chair that I was in good hands. Capable and talented, yes, but also kind and empathetic. Fast forward to... Quiet on the set. And there I was, in a sense, performing in probably one of the most high-stakes moments of my life. What if I'm horrible? What if I'm not what they expected? As... An ambitious people pleaser, if you have been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There were moments of hiccups for sure, trying to figure out language, how I would say something versus what the script said, what else I wanted to focus on, and 
In between takes, the room turned into a giant creative session. Everyone jumped in with ideas, including Candace and Cameron, who were sitting in the back of the room. Like, the team who hours earlier had done my hair and makeup were now offering up really insightful ideas about how to explain certain things about ADHD. Because somehow, when the team at Dexia reached out to the Pretty Committee, the team Cameron and Candace work for, and booked two artists for our shoot, we somehow ended up with two people who throughout the entire shoot knew exactly what we were talking about. Because both Candace and Cameron have ADHD. And like the other stories you've heard this month, both Candace and Cameron have incredibly different ADHD stories. That's some straight, the universe is looking out for you energy. We wrapped that shoot and I was exhausted, but on a high. After years of hiding myself and making myself smaller to appease people, I was exactly who I wanted to be that day. And I know a major part of that was because I started my day with Candace and Cameron. By the time I stepped foot in front of those cameras, I truly had been lifted up by two people who knew me without really knowing anything about me. And it was a gift one that I'm not sure I've ever properly explained or thanked them for. And so when we started planning Refocus together, interviewing Candace and Cameron was at the top of my list. And while I had hoped to interview both of them together while I was in Michigan in September, I am still so excited I was able to connect with them both virtually. And today I am so excited to introduce you to Candace Lefke. Candace didn't connect the dots about having ADHD until, like many who found themselves with extra time during the pandemic, she joined TikTok. Every time the freelance stylist and makeup artist logged onto the app, videos from TikTokers who posted content about the condition kept appearing in her feed. And those stories resonated with her. Candace consistently had issues staying on top of chores and task initiation so much so that it significantly impacted her life and relationships. Curious if her inkling about having ADHD was correct, she pursued a diagnosis, and turns out the social media platform's algorithm was right. ADHD was the thing at the root of her struggles. Candace thought about all of the shame she carried with her through her 31 years, and she now had a reason to stop admonishing herself for being unable to keep step with daily to-dos, friends, and family. Learning more about ADHD gave Candace permission to offer herself deep compassion, forgive herself for the disordered eating she had always struggled with, and finally get to know her true self as a multi-passionate individual. I am so excited to welcome Candace Lefke to Refocus Together. Candace, I am so excited to catch up with you and to welcome you to Refocus Together. I just am so appreciative of your time and excitement about joining the project. So thank you for being here with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's really exciting to to talk about this and it's a a new adventure in my life learning more about myself and ADHD and I feel like even meeting you and working with ADHD online you just had this connection and um I'm just excited to talk today. We did have a connection and I'm glad that you said that because yeah. I felt that too and you know the days that we've worked together have been so busy and so you know you catch up as much as you can. And, you know, when I'm sitting in your chair, but we are all there 
to work. So I'm so excited that we get this kind of one-on-one time to just dive into your story. I want to start at the beginning. So go back to before you were diagnosed and kind of just tell me a little bit about what led to you seeking out an assessment to begin with. So my, I was a late um, in life diagnosis, actually. I've only been diagnosed for just probably a little bit over two years. So it was pandemic times <laughs> and I was bored and downloaded TikTok. And I think this is a kind of a story that a lot of at least American women are telling me, um, friends of mine as well, that I was scrolling through TikTok and, you know, it's new, it's for your page and the algorithm's trying to figure me out, right? And it keeps leading me to ADHD TikTok. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting. This is really not anything that I had I think at one point in my life when I was going through college for massage therapy, I wondered a little bit, but this was like the time that I was hearing these women's stories online about ADHD and their struggles or the quirks or the, you know, different things that they were going through finding out that they're ADHD. And I was resonating with a lot of it. So I talked to my partner as well. And he was like, yeah, I think maybe let's get you tested. And so I went searching and I found a place where I could get my ADHD testing done. And sure enough, (laughs) I had ADHD. So it was like, kind of like, my gosh, moment. I don't know, just learning that diagnosis at 31 years old. I looked back on my life and realized how much of the struggles and the things that I was uh, dealing with and some of the shame I had um, was related to ADHD. It's been kind of a healing journey, to be honest with you, learning about my ADHD diagnosis. I'm glad to hear that it's been a healing experience. And, you know, it's so interesting to me knowing how we met that first day on set, I would have been very surprised had you told me that you had just been diagnosed, you know, two years ago, because in those moments when we were having those initial conversations, just as a big group, you were so confident in what you were saying and you were so like very much engaged. And I felt very informed about ADHD and and how it shows up in women's lives. And so I'm curious, when you look back at that time of, of looking at TikTok and then eventually getting the assessment, are there any things that stand out that really kind of caught your attention as far as what you were seeing, you know, these women share online that was resonating with you? Yeah, I think the biggest things were just like task initiation, being able to keep up. And it was something so prevalent in my life at that time. I was having struggles within my relationship with that. Actually, my partner at the time was also ADHD, but presented it in a very different way, Um, was a little bit more hyperactive and like really wanted to keep the house clean. And here I was piles of laundry and and stacks of stuff that I knew what it was, but, you know, had just like left it around the house. That resonated hugely with me at the time because it was a conversation I was having with my partner. 
another one actually that I saw that I don't think is is acknowledged in a lot of people that know about ADHD is disordered eating. And that was huge for me. I just learning that that might be a huge connection with my ADHD um, was a huge revelation, I think. And I resonated with a couple of creators about that. Just like knowing my brain and knowing to not blame myself for some of my disordered eating habits of forgetting to eat and then eating, binge eating a ton of food later in the day and always struggling with my weight and like staying consistent and trying to be healthy. And those things were huge in my life that those are big struggles of mine. And of course, like some time management, any of my friends will tell you, they probably tell me to come to a place at least a half an hour to an hour earlier than I'm supposed to be there. Um, I think the only thing I have the energy to get to on time is my job. <laughs> so I, I have the anxiety that drives me to go do that. Having time management and getting to a place when I'm supposed to is always a struggle. And it's always, you know, procrastination, wait till the last minute to do all the things and then rush, rush, rush. Those were big things that I saw with other women that were relating to it. The fact that we were undiagnosed until, you know, 30. A lot of our anxiety and hyperactivity, it seemed to happen in our head, you know, and we weren't outwardly, you know, necessarily hyperactive, but my brain is very hyperactive. And again, that's something that seems to happen with women a lot more than men, especially when we're younger. And I think that's probably why I didn't get diagnosed with it or people don't realize that about myself because it's a lot of internal struggles and things that you know, besides like being late to things, you know, people don't see how it shows up in my life unless you're like a close partner of mine. I'm wondering before adulthood, if you can look back and see any moments that pop up from your childhood or adolescence that you can go, ah, yes, that was ADHD. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Um, I was especially like middle school, right? When, you know, your homework gets a little crazy and you get more responsibilities and things that you're supposed to be doing. And uh, I lost my homework. I cannot tell you how many times I would forget about my homework, like in my backpack, in my binder, out of sight, out of mind, forgot that I even had to do it. I was amazing at testing, you know, my intelligence. I was smart. I was, I was having teachers being like, Candace, we don't understand. Like, you're not either applying yourself or why are you not finishing these tasks? And, you know, at that time, I didn't know any better and, um, you know, placed a lot of blame on myself for those things. But uh, yeah, I definitely struggled with homework projects. I would wait till the last minute if I had like a giant project that we'd have like months to complete, right? And I would wait until the night before and be up until 4am finishing that task or reading that book or doing that book report that I was supposed to be doing. And I think another thing that I really looking back was the emotional, like dysregulation, like my inability at that time, being a, a teenager, I think the hormones and going through such a change, I really struggled with regulating my emotions. And, you know, I ended up getting punished for it because I think my parents didn't really know any better, but I would have, you know, I would hold it in and have these big emotional outbursts 
looking back, I care about that with more ADHD people and our inability to really do that or really struggling with regulating those emotions. And um, I resonated deeply with that. Like looking back, I can make like understand where I was at at that point. I want to ask a question and it's kind of like, I feel like I'm putting on my psychologist hat. I have no training whatsoever. It's just a follow-up because I'm curious. In those moments when the teachers came to you and were like, gosh, you're, you know, you, you get the material, you're testing well, you're engaged in class. And they said, you know, I, I don't know why the homework is such a, a problem. Did you pull away? Did you go into the, I'm going to avoid this. I don't want to talk about this. I feel ashamed of this. Uh, yeah, I felt, I think I'm just one of those people too, that I just, I was really hard on myself and my parents and the people that knew me knew I was intelligent and had a lot of expectations of me. The fact that they were pulling me aside and even my parents having talkings to me about like, try to motivate me, but I don't know. It was very difficult to hear those words when I was just, it, my brain just forgot them. I wanted to do the things and I wanted to do well so badly finishing the homework, I would just put it off and procrastinate. And then I'd stress and cry. You know, school was a struggle. I think from like middle school on, just to finish those things, I I worked in a constant state of stress, talking to anybody about it. They didn't understand. My parents didn't seem to understand why I couldn't just do the thing. (laughs) And I told them I just can't do the thing, you know? Yeah, it was, it was hard. I have a follow-up for this that I want to get to in just a second because it, it involves your work. And you've mentioned, you know, when we started the conversation that you're late a lot, but you're never late when it comes to your work because it's something you're so passionate about. And so I think, you know, like we go back to high school and we're like, we did the homework for the stuff that we were really excited about. But we also didn't kind of know what that was in high school. Like if I could go back, I would be taking like shop class. I would woodworking, art, all of those things that I didn't think in high school I enjoyed. But I also think I was just like, oh, I have to get into a four-year school. I have to do this list that other people's expectations for me. And so then you don't really even enjoy it. And so I want to, I'm throwing that out there, putting it out there into the universe because I want to start moving towards that by asking you know, you were diagnosed about two years ago and you mentioned some of the things that you quickly realized were connected to ADHD. So what have you changed or added into your life in the last few years that has been specifically to address something involving your ADHD and and how you know it affects your life? I live by planners for sure. I think I ever like started these routines and things that kind of keep me grounded and help me work better. I really do rely on technology quite a bit. I am very thankful for my smartphone and my iPad because I have reminders set up for everything, including taking my medication because I will forget unless something alerts me to do that. I think those things and also I have really focused on meditation, uh, mindfulness practices. I know when I'm not doing them, my brain gets 
even more jumbled. And when I'm doing them, I feel like I can kind of sort through, even though I have a lot of fast paced thoughts happening at all, all the time, I'm able to notice which ones are important, which ones to kind of let go of. I think those are probably the biggest things. I think adding exercise to like even just walking my dogs in the morning and moving first thing in the morning seems to do wonders for my brain. It's funny. They've said exercise, it, it makes you feel better. And we just, you know, it, it, it takes us <laughs> all who are resistant to it a long time to realize that. But I kind of use the, the analogy, you know, like we talk about technology. If my phone sent me a notification being like, you have worked out five days in a row, this is what you've done, or, you know, like some sort of an example of, you know, what I've accomplished, you know, in a way that I can quantify it, I'm like, oh, yeah. But it's because when we're doing something regularly, unless someone notices it or points it out or we're documenting it, we really sometimes forget that we are doing things to make ourselves feel better. And that that's the point, you know, it's like if we don't get I don't want to say a participation trophy, but kind of like if there's not an acknowledgement, it's hard for us to say this is actually helping. Yeah, for sure. Actually, even as you asked that question, like I felt like things were kind of popping up that I've been doing. The more that I've learned about ADHD, I think that's so important for anybody that's been diagnosed with it too, is read it, listen to your podcast, listen to all the podcasts about ADHD, learn from books because it really does help give you ideas. And everybody's ADHD journey is so different in what you need too. So I think it's such a personal thing to figure out what's going to work for you. And I'm still figuring it out. (laughs) I still feel like I'm very early. I'm still, you know, figuring out medication and all those things. And routines are just a new thing for me. Figure out, you know, what, what works, what doesn't. And, you know, trial and error. (laughs) Well, and I imagine in your line of work, because there is no routine, you are working so many events, you're getting, you know, um, uh, picked up for, you know, day long shoots like you did with us. And it's hard to establish a routine when what you're passionate about doesn't have a routine. Yes. Yeah, that's. (laughs) That's one of the harder things about my job. Honestly, I like it because my ADHD brain loves change. Like I get so bored. If I am doing the same thing over and over again, you know, I had work where I was in a salon or I've worked retail and I was so bored because <laughs> I my day didn't change up as much. And I think in some ways it's so great. In other ways, it's really hard. And like I said, I, I live by the planner and I still make mistakes. I just, knowing this, I have told people, you know, people that work with me frequently, I'm like, give me reminders. You know, if you can, th- those are those little things help out so much. But yeah, it's definitely a learning process <laughs> on how to manage all the things coming at me at once and, and how my my day constantly changes. But I think I'm slowly developing a morning routine and an evening routine when I'm home. And that really grounds me. And again, I'm not perfect. Uh, Some days I fly out of bed and I rush, put my clothes on and fly out to a wedding early in the morning because it is so early. 
but the days that I do have a little bit of time, I really try to keep into those routines and um, start off my day in that way. Well, let's talk about how you found this career you're so passionate about, because you mentioned, you know, knowing yourself and knowing your ADHD and seeing how it comes out. You're very creative. And that's something that I hear a lot of people with ADHD talk about, you know, whether it's creative in the sense of art or creative in the sense of just not as much inside the box, so to speak. And I also am curious because a lot of women tend to have more of the inattentive symptoms and sometimes that's people pleasing. But with your line of work, you get to do something for someone and they then are grateful or, you know what I mean? Like I get in your chair and I'm just like, this is so awesome. You're, there's this like kind of pampering feeling to it. And then, you know, one of the reasons why I felt so comfortable on set was because you made me feel so good by how I looked, you know, like I was comfortable on camera because I felt good about how I looked. And so I imagine there's a part of that, that is this people pleasing, you know, like that is a love language. It's what fills up your cup. Like you wouldn't do it if you just were like, oh, I'm really loving this work because I imagine there are days where someone isn't as excited about their look or they have something that they want to fix. And like, that would be something that would be very hard for me to not take personally. It is. It's still really hard. Honestly, I um, definitely have the people pleasing and I think it is truly to my benefit in, in the industry that I'm at, you know, doing hair and makeup for people, um, doing weddings, doing commercial work. You want to make these people happy. And I really do love this job because First of all, it's it is artistic, and I get to paint people's faces. Really, I mean, another part of it is I love making, especially women, feel beautiful and feel empowered and feel strong, and that's something that that makeup has done for me, on top of giving me a creative outlet. So just that reward of making these connections with people, because I really love that one-on-one um, with my clients. So having that one-on-one connection with them and being able to make them feel like a million bucks is like so worth it. And I do have those clients that, you know, need adjusting or might not be the happiest. I feel like because I really do care and I do listen, I feel like I'm pretty lucky and I don't get those people too much. It's, it's to my benefit. I think a little bit of the people pleasing being in the service industry, again, we have the ADHD and, and rejection is hard having somebody critique it. But um, that's just been experience of like learning to breathe through it and not to take things personally and reminding myself of that, that aspect, you know, I get through it. <laughs> not that it's ever easy, but you know, we, we figure it out. And, you know, that's, I want to make people happy. I want to make people feel good and strong. So if that means that I, you know, I push my ego aside of what I've, you know, created on your face or your hair that I need to make tweaks, then that's, that's okay. Well, ADHD or not, that is a skill set you need in your line of work, you know, like it, it shows growth and it shows that you are passionate about what you're doing when you're able to go, okay, these are stories I am telling myself in my head. This is what is actually happening and I can move forward. Correct. 
Yeah. But it's so much easier right now to just be like, oh my gosh, we have it. We are, we're, this is all figured out. Yeah, this is fine. Of course, I love the clients that are giddy about what I'm doing and they're like, oh my gosh, you make me look so good and I feel so hot. I feel powerful. Those are great. The difficult clients are, it's a learning opportunity for me. And, you know, I've noticed as I've moved on in my life and as I've gotten older, I think I've gotten a little bit better about taking that type of criticism and running with it and and kind of knowing my self-worth and that I'm good at what I do and that I can fix it, that I can make them happy. I have that ability. So we've been kind of talking about positive ways that ADHD shows up in your life without actually talking about positive ways that ADHD shows up in your life. I didn't ask that specific question, but I'm so glad that that's where the last couple of minutes have led. And I'm wondering, you know, I talk to a lot of people with ADHD who are like, I work so well under pressure. And I've got to imagine when you're on a set or you're at a wedding, stuff goes wrong. Yes. (laughs) Life goes wrong. And then you are in the middle of it. So I would love to know, you know, what you've experienced in that adrenaline rush of, all right, it is my time to shine. I need to do whatever to alleviate, you know, some of the stuff that's going on. Yeah, I think my body is literally built for pressure because I've been training like this since I've been a teenager. I have been training to be under pressure for projects and all sorts of stuff. So I do really work well in a pressure situation. At the time, sometimes it's a little nerve wracking. I have had experiences. I early on in my career when I was actually still in school at Douglas J going for cosmetology, I got accepted to go do this makeup artist boot camp out in California with this makeup artist out in Hollywood. And I worked with him and five other girls from around the country. And we had competitions and things where we were performing and doing certain types of makeup looks. And I was able to just really hyper-focus on what I was doing and like getting this look up on this model and getting her out. and. I had another girl in the same group that was having a hard time and kind of cracking and having a meltdown and couldn't finish the model. And I, again, my superpower of ADHD and, you know, training for all that pressure, I just grabbed her and was able to fix it and put her up and she was ready to be shot. Being a makeup artist is kind of a high pressure job. I don't think a lot of people realize that, but when you're on set, if you're doing runway, if you're doing editorial, you know, there's a time slot, even weddings, you know, especially because there's, you know, a ton of people that need to be done in a really condensed amount of time. I am just able to focus on it and I do love it. So I think when I, when you do really love something, it does become your superpower and able to just um, focus on what you're doing. And yeah, I, I do love that about myself. I think I am. Uh, Olympic trained <laughs> under pressure. And that makes me a good makeup artist. I I know that I can do all sorts of things with a very little amount of time. I want to ask when you look at life, because we have focused so much on your career. When you think of ADHD and the positive ways it shows up for you outside of work, what jumps out? Mm. Outside of work, I still think I'm a pretty creative person. I'm pretty innovative and 
I think I'm a pretty understanding person too, honestly, with my experience with ADHD. I really am easygoing when it comes to my relationships and my friendships. I see people's struggles and and lives getting busy and I don't take those things personally when I don't hear from them because I know that I am that way and I know that I struggle to keep connections with people because of my ADHD. Unfortunately, with people even out of sight, out of mind, it happens. And it's nice to have, I think I've built a really great amount of like community and friends of people that get that about me and knowing that I'm there and that I love them. But I'm super understanding about life. And I think that makes me pretty compassionate and a good friend to have, you know, when life is crazy. I I get it. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And I kind of joke, you know, if I've cut you out, it's probably for a really, really good reason. Yes. Yep. That's if I'm really protecting my energy or I can't live up to, you know, some people are just not for me. And some people have an expectation of what they expect in relationship or friendship. You know, with my ADHD, sometimes I I can't be that friend and that's okay. And I've learned to kind of let those people go. And the people that know me and love me know that I'm literally a phone call away if they ever need me. And I would be there in an instant if they did. But I'm not always the most in your life communicative person. (laughs) And that's just me. Yeah, again, like it makes me pretty understanding of life circumstances. I'm never going to be mad at somebody for, you know, I could go years with talking without talking to a friend of mine and I could pick it up like it was just yesterday and catch up and be fine. Where do you see yourself thriving with your ADHD and what you know now versus what you thought prior to your diagnosis? I definitely am a very career focused person and I feel like I really truly am meant to be in this world to create and to inspire other people to create. I think I really do thrive in in those either high pressure environments with work or even, you know, life now I'm I'm becoming really good at it. People around me say I'm very like chill and easygoing and I think that's a great thing. I also think that I'm thriving in a way that I'm just multi-passionate and I'm curious. I have a very curious mind and I love to learn and I love to share that knowledge with people. As we've we've even like experienced between the two of us, like you're telling me how I was just knowledgeable and I'm just a nerd. Like I love to learn and I love to learn about myself, especially with psychology and, and knowing that now that I'm ADHD, I've been diving deep into that. You know, I love learning about the human experience. I think I really thrive in just by soaking up that knowledge and and just sharing that with others and continuing to create and express myself. I think even that is just really great. (laughs) I want to ask, obviously, in the midst of ADHD Awareness Month, you know, one of my goals with telling as many different stories throughout the month of October was to really paint a picture about how complex it is. And I think every person has said it, ADHD is different for every single one of us and it shows up differently and it ebbs and flows differently. And so I'm curious when you look at 
the narrative around ADHD right now and, and what you've experienced during your time with your diagnosis, what is something that you really wish the, you know, the general public population knew or understood a little bit better? Yeah, I think that knowing that it's just not about like the productivity and the forgetfulness and even just the time blindness, like those things alone are hard. And especially living in a, our modern fast paced world, it is difficult, but there's so much more the emotional side to it. Um, I think really like the emotional regulation, the disordered eating, the impulsive behavior that a lot of ADHD people deal with. I think there's a darker side that people, you know, want to poke fun at some of the ADHD symptoms, which they are, you know, some of them are ridiculous. And, you know, we have to laugh at ourselves. But I think there is um, a huge correlation with mental health, you know, something that I've really struggled with personally. I think knowing this diagnosis, if I had known earlier, might have made me be kinder to myself. And I think it's really important for people to to notice this with themselves or their kids and go reach for a diagnosis because it could save somebody's life. It truly could. I've cried in a few of these. And when you said it would have made me kinder to myself, it kind of broke me a little bit because I think that is so much of us. There are so many times where we were not kind to ourselves. And I think women specifically, we are just led from such a young age with ADHD or without to not be kind to ourselves. And when we look back and we see those moments where we were really unkind and unfair to ourselves and we can see why we were that way, it's very hard. And it almost brings on this new feeling of shame and regret about how we treated ourselves. And so it's just like this constant work in progress and it can get tiring. It's been one of, like I said early on, this diagnosis has led to a lot of healing for that reason. I was hard on myself and I had a lot of mental health struggles, especially in my teenage years and my early 20s was really hard and forgiving myself and having compassion for myself in those moments and understanding my diagnosis has allowed me to start to heal and remove some of that shame that I felt throughout my life, really, with a lot of the symptoms that I've, I exhibit and the things that I struggle with. I think that alone will allow me to function so much better in this world and then beating myself up for not being able to perform or not do the things that I have been dreaming about. I, uh, I think you have to mourn some of that part of your past self too and um, the experiences and things that you went through so that you can move on and, and live your life from this point in a lot more love and understanding for yourself. That's like one of the biggest messages, really, I think, and why I think a lot of women do need to be diagnosed or get seek help for it if they think they do have it, because it's been life-changing for me, really. Yeah, the kindness that I have for myself now, it's not always perfect. You know, 
everybody's got bad days. I find myself talking to myself with a lot more compassion and, and love and that load is worth everything. That makes me so happy to hear. And I hope I'm in your chair sooner rather than later. And <laughs> we can just pick up right where we left off because that's that's how it is when two people with ADHD get together. Yep. And, and I love it. I exactly right. There's there's no pressure. It's just like, oh, it's gonna be a good day. There is something special about having a conversation with another ADHD person and now I can recognize it and <laughs> I love it so much because we can just bounce from subject to subject and and kind of be a little, you know, all over the place. And it's just so fun to to talk to you. And I'm so glad we got to connect. Absolutely. I feel exactly the same. Thank you so much for coming on Refocus Together and just being so candid and thoughtful. And it really, it it's a gift. And I'm really grateful to you for your friendship and for your trust in this moment. And we'll see you in Michigan soon, hopefully. Okay. Yeah, I hope so too. So much thanks to Candace Lefke for joining me on Refocus Together and for sharing her ADHD story with all of us. To learn more about her and the work she's doing as a stylist and makeup artist, you can find her on Instagram at c.lee.artistry. I've also included the link in the show notes. There are so many people to thank for making Refocus Together happen. The entire team at ADHD Online, Zach Booker, Dr. Randall Dutler, Tim Gutwald, Keith Brophy, my teammates Keith Boswell, Suzanne Spruett, Claudia Gotti, Melanie Mile, Paul Owen, Kirsten Pip, Sissy Yee, Trisha Merchandunny, Lauren Radley, Corey Kearney and Mason Nelly and the team at Dexia, Hector and Kenneth and the team at Snack Media, Cameron Sterling and Candace Lefke, Camilla Eden, Lauren Terry, Sarah Galbard, Phil Rodeman, Jake Beaver, and Sarah Platinitis. Our theme music was created by Louis Inglis, a songwriter and composer based in Perth, Australia, who was diagnosed with ADHD in 2020 at the age of 39. To find out more about Refocus Together or to share your story with me, head over to ADHDonline.com and check out the ADHD Awareness Month page, which highlights this project as well as each day's episode after they've been released. You can also find out more by following along on social at Lindsay Gensel and at Refocus Pod.